0: take your plumber example now imagine it's people that really enjoy doing plumbing and the plumbing company matches them up with people who need plumbing done
1: it's like match.com but not for relationships
0: (laughs) match.com for plumbers and people with broken sinks yeah
1: or power rangers down the toilet (laughs) yeah oh my god Welcome to Working Code with your three hosts who never make off-by-one errors, Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim.
0: Okay, here we go. It is show number 145. And on today's show, we're going to talk about some new stuff and things that are happening and things that we're doing. <laughs> <first intro laughs> ever. We're going to talk about bun. We're going to talk about side projects. We're going to just see where it goes. It's another twofer. It's just myself, Adam and Carol. Hello. Uh, tonight. Welcome back, Carol. It's great to see your smiling face and hear your
1: yeah, bubbly thank voice. thank you. I mean, you uh, missed me on the last episode because you weren't around, but Ben already true. got reintroduced.
0: That's true. That I only yeah. have myself to blame for that because my ambitions <laughs> take me into a million different directions all at once. I couldn't be on the last episode because I was attending a, a meeting of the the board of directors of my skydiving club. So that's where I was.
1: That sounds super fancy.
0: It's a bunch of skydivers sitting around bickering about finance and airplane maintenance and policy stuff. And
1: Okay, not so fancy.
0: To, <laughs> <laughs> figure out how to, to keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, like I said, we are going to talk about a whole bunch of new stuff. But first, let's start with our triumphs and fails. Carol, you went first last week. So I guess I'll go first this week. And we'll see how the new schedule goes once we get everybody back on. (laughs) I am going to start with a triumph. (laughs) I Yeah, it's been a good week for me. I have spent a bunch of time this week writing code, which just feels very nice. And in particular, I've been working on a fun little project. It's not even like that complex or that difficult and it doesn't require that much cleverness but it's just the end result is something extremely useful and the the customers i know are going to be thrilled to have it so basically in our primary I, I don't know it's t- so we have i've talked in the past about we have our two product we have the platform which is sort of like a whole bunch of bun- a whole bunch of different modules for a variety of different things like online giving alumni association membership management, uh, events email, etc. And then we have a second product, which is only for huge events where you might have thousands of people attending, and it's got to be built very differently to support that. Ah. That, that that large event product, we call it our signature event system, has printing capability, right? So you have thousands of people coming to this event, when they show up, they get their name tag printed on demand as they check in, and here's a, a badge holder to stick it in, and off you go sort of thing. And our customers... That, are, that use both systems have long wanted the ability to do name tag printing in the smaller event module that's built into the platform, which we agree would be a wonderful thing, but there's right. hurdles there. And one of those hurdles has always been that for these signature events, some customers do more than one a year, I would say the average is very close to one a year, you know, like you might do reunion and homecoming. Right. so okay. the, like, yeah. Or, you know, some, some customers do like commencement, right? So only those events where you're really going to have a whole lot of people, you might have a whole lot of different events and activities for them to attend. So you're not going to do too many of those a year. For those, since it's only so infrequent, the name tag layout and design and all that is done. It's all like basically hard coded into the name tag for that customer for that event. Okay. And that obviously wasn't going to fly for a system where you have you know, 20 different customers that each have 20 different events every month. And, and we're just not yeah. going to jump into that and, and bite that off. So the thing that I built, which is largely based on the code that Steve wrote, so he, he kind of took the first swing at it and said, like, here is a, a, a framework with within which you can work. And it has, like, some printing stuff built in and whatever. But, you know, he laid the groundwork. And then I came in and I was like, and here is how we're going to make it super dynamic, right? We're going to define, here's, you know, 30 different fields you can choose from, which, like might be your pronouns or it could be your last name, could be your last name at graduation plus your married last name, right? Oh, or, or, you know, like okay,
1: a, a bunch yeah. of different
0: things. Like so you there are options and you can whatever makes sense for your event, right? You might want to see employer and job title or whatever. And so you can pick fields and drop them into the name tag. You can organize what goes on what line and then for each line you can set the height of the line. In millimeters, um, nice and, and like margin above it, and so, and and we use a, a JavaScript plugin to resize the text so that it always stays one line. So if you have somebody with a huge name and you put like first name and last name on the same line, then that the, sh- the text size will get shrunk down because we don't allow the text to wrap. Right, it's always one line. Yeah. So, but then somebody whose name is you know like four or five characters long,
1: Carol. is just gonna be
0: is gonna be huge. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And so you have to take that into consideration. So it also has a live preview, and the preview actually shows two previews: there's a somebody whose data is all short and data, and another one where the data is all long. Be right? a
1: smarty pants! Oh,
0: it's it's so much fun to work on this because it's like I can I can just feel it. The energy is high working on this, right? Because I know I, the customers are going to be like, "This is amazing."
1: I can see it in your face like you're very excited about. I'm this. pumped! It's yeah, exciting! It's yeah.
0: it's fun to work on because I you you know. It's fun to work on because I know it's going to be well-received. I know it's like something that they're right. chomping at the bit for. And and it's just, that makes it rewarding, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, so problem. I've been working on it's that.
1: A, I it's a big problem solved. So that helps too. Like you're actually getting to innovate on something that needs to be done. So you're getting to do something new while you're also solving this problem. So that's always a win.
0: Right. And then as with like most of my really interesting and useful and well done code, Steve will then turn around and steal it and put it back into the signature event system if- and take full credit for it. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's like, you know, a little, we kind of go back and forth, right? Like the signature system kind of outpaces the platform in some areas and then we'll steal that and improve on it into the platform. And then it just goes back and forth, back and forth. We're always using one to push the other forward.
1: Is he the only one working on the signature system?
0: For right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. it's one
0: of those things where like, you know, he started it by himself. That was the, the basis for our company, right? Like the, oh. that product was what, what launched this company. And, you know, then we branched out and created the platform sort of as he hired me. Like he was doing the, the events thing by himself for like three or four customers, just making it work by himself. And then like, he saw sure. this need to, to branch out and do this other stuff. And so brought me on, we built the the platform and so at that point, it became like, this thing is his and this thing is mine. And we brought on other people to work on my thing. And he's still kind of... His thing, by the time that we started the company, was pretty mature, at least. Yeah. You know, pretty
1: stable. Pretty stable.
0: Yeah. 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 So. Yeah.
1: That makes sense. Yeah.
0: So anyway, now that I've rambled forever, that's my <laughs> stuff. I'm Yay! just I'm just excited and happy. And, and I didn't even mention, you know, as we're recording this, it's the week that Bun 1.0 was released. And so I've been like playing with Bun a little bit. It is super fast and, and exciting. So just,
1: yeah, you know, that's another thing contributing
0: to it. my hype level being up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just did a quick Google to figure out what you were talking about, because I've been living pretty much off the internet. Uh, yeah, I'm, that's different.
0: I'm,
1: I'm enjoying just time away and time with my husband and dog and, yeah, so I'm not up to date on anything current. I couldn't tell you news. All I could tell you is that it's going to rain today. That's it. Hmm. That's my limit. Yeah. yeah um, I'm going to throw out a big triumph because I'm yeah. making it through one more day at a time. And, you know, if you listen to the last by podcast, you heard me and Ben talk about just small wins, small victories, getting through this very trying time in my life uh, moving across the country and kind of uh, uprooting everything and trying to, uh, Adjust and it's one more day down and I have 18 more to go before I finally get, you know, my desk back, my desk chair, my pots and pans, my coffee maker.
0: All your stuff.
1: All my stuff because it's still, you know, in storage, waiting for us to move into our actual house. So just every day is one more day closer to getting to that happy point.
0: You said 18 days left. How many days have you been without your stuff?
1: For let's see, what's today's date? I lost everything. I lost it. It sounds so <laughs> sad. It sounds so terrible. My house was packed up on pretty much completely unusable on August twenty second.
0: Oh my goodness! Yeah. Wow. It's a long yeah, time ago, Seth.
1: Yeah, and little things too. It's like I went and bought a bag of dog food, and realized I don't have a dog food storage container anymore because it went on the truck as well. So I had to put them in small supply bags and then tape the bag shut to keep any rodents out of it and stuff.
0: Yeah. Wow. So it's
1: just, it's little things I don't even think about. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't have fingernail clippers. I have to go buy fingernail clippers. So, 18 more oh my days. Goodness. That's all I got. 18 more days.
0: Yikes. Your nails can just get long for the next 18 days.
1: Yeah, I can also just get a pedicure, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or chew on them. Yeah. My toenails, I'll pass on that one.
0: <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about what's going on then. So I, I yeah. did listen to the episode that you recorded with Ben. And I I apologize, I don't have it memorized. That's you, okay. I remember you guys talked about when you're going to start your new job, but I don't think yeah. you haven't the started 25th. yet. the right? 25th.
1: No, I haven't started yet. I started 25th. So the week after this podcast releases, this episode releases, mm-hmm. I'll be starting that following Monday. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'll be writing code again. I'm really eager to get in and write code again. Like I've had things I could have been working on for people and I've just turned everything down for the past, I don't know, two months now, just because I wanted time away and I wanted to be able to get everything handled without a lot of stress. But mm-hmm. the, the itch is back. So like today when I was just, like reading through what you had sent over, you know, just go with a butt. I was like, oh, I'm so eager to get back in code. Mm -hmm. I missed it. I missed technology.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been doing all this compliance work for so long that like any opportunity that I get to do anything technical is like super exciting. Right. Um, I spent like an hour after I was done with work yesterday messing with Docker stuff, right? So I, I came up with this idea of like a way that we could improve our build times for our Docker containers like our, our CFML monolith, it also includes a whole bunch of JavaScript, right? Client-side JavaScript bundles get built and put in the right places and stuff. And I, I just thought of like, oh, I wonder if we did this, if it would, you know, reduce the number of steps that have to be built, you know, like split out, right? Like the yeah. CFML code is on one side over here and the, the JavaScript code is on the other side and only update the one that needs to be updated. And
1: nothing um, else matters, right? Like it's right. not been touched. Don't touch it.
0: Yeah. Right. And yeah, it's just like, you know, it's so easy to get sucked in now. Cause I'm, I'm on, I'm kind of starved for, for tech to work on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so super excited about it. So yeah, when I saw like bun dropped, so if you're not familiar, bun is this, it's been around for a while. Like people have been aware that it was a thing and that this small team had been working on and at least in my own personal awareness it was just like a a node replacement right so it was a new runtime that you could use to run javascript code like server side or scripts or whatever and they were trying to make it faster than node i was like okay that sounds cool you know when it launches i'll check it out and then it launched and the i don't know how much of this was public before they went 1.0 but it turns out that in addition to being a node runtime it's also a package manager so it replaces npm It's a bundler, so you know you don't have to do you know if it's if you're using something with Grunt or Browserify or Webpack or you know like Snowpack, any of these things, it replaces all those. It's built in. What are some of the other things that it does? Uh, And let me pull up their blog post because it's crazy. Yeah, that's what I was looking Like community tools, it all just replaces all of them.
1: Yeah, like the testing framework of everything, right? Like it. If I'm understanding it right, like oh, it, yeah, yeah. you don't have to use Jets, right? Like it just works. Yep. So,
0: oh, and it'll it'll transpile your TypeScript. I think it can, I don't want to, I don't want to give false information, but I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere that it will just run TypeScript, right? You don't have to say, you don't have to have a transpiling step. You just say, okay, right. here's my code and it's TypeScript and it runs it, which is yep. super and, dope.
1: Yeah, I didn't really know exactly what was going on with it, but it was like, oh, but you can still keep your TypeScript files for type like checking, but it's mm-hmm. almost as if it's not really needed. So I'm curious to see how it works.
0: Yeah, for sure. And speed is a huge thing. Like everything that they talk about, it's like, okay, not only does it do this, but it does it faster than everything else right. that's currently available. It's a, yes, it's a package manager, but it's a package manager that's faster than Yarn, faster than NPM. Um, you know, it's faster... TypeScript compilation. It's faster testing. Oh, and this is another thing that I'm super excited about because this is, I mentioned this, I think in a a recent episode that I was on, how (laughs) like working with TypeScript and how there's like TypeScript and CommonJS, I'm sorry, TypeScript and not TypeScript are sort of two things. And then you've got like CommonJS versus ESM, right? The import versus require thing. And that's another thing that bunn is just like, no, nah, we'll, we'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. Just write whatever we'll you want, it. wherever you want, and we'll, we'll make it work. That's Which so nuts. Exactly what you want from a tool. So yeah. like, I, I'm super excited about this. I will say, I uh, so I, I did have my hype meter went so high that I was like, screw it. I'm, I'm trying it, right? I'm going to just take it. Today, we're we'll just
1: putting it in I, here.
0: <laughs> I, I did. I was like, you know, I'm not telling anybody. I'm just going to go, you know create a branch and try to swap in bun instead of our bundler, bun instead of our package manager, bun for this and that. And it, it ran and it was fast and it created our bundles and the bundles didn't work. So oh. it's like, oh <laughs> man. Whoopsies. So, you know, I don't know if it's a specific, something specific about the way that we wrote the code or if it's like just this one library that I ran into an issue with this incompatible, which is MomentJS. You know, you probably are familiar with that one. Yeah. Date. Yeah. Formatting thing, yeah, yeah, which is generally regarded as not what you should be using anymore. But this is old code, and it's still working. And like, it wow. still exists.
1: Yeah, don't yeah, change it until you it. have to. So, sometimes, I right. mean, and we are saying like this has only been dropped for five days. Like, I, I think yeah. you said it just came out, but I mean, I think it came out on the eighth, right? And they 13th so. I mean, it's only five days out there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's they've been working on it, I think, for a year or two. But but it, yeah, they've declared it as 1.0 and production ready as of just a couple of days ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's got, I mean, it, it, and it's faster. I should also mention it's sm- somewhat faster than like ES Build, too. That's where, so okay. that's what we're currently using for our bundling. We, we switched from Browserify to ES Build. I don't know. <laughs> You'll have to go back in the, the podcast catalog because I'm sure I mentioned it then, too.
1: Several uh, times. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah. Let's see, what else? Oh, yeah, and they have, um, I have, uh, go ahead.
1: No, I was gonna say I'm super excited just about the testing side of it because I remember running Jess and it would just, it seemed so slow and it mm-hmm. seemed like it would take forever. And I didn't understand why it would check a file and then check a file again. I'm like, why does it feel like there's just redundancy here I and mean, maybe we had things wrong or whatever. But when I'm reading through their blog posts, it's like, oh, when you run Jess, you know, your code be parsed three times by various tools. And, you know, yeah. all your duct tapes and plugins, like things just, you know, aren't very easy to figure out what's going on. And they get rid of that. So I'm yeah. like, woohoo!
0: And that was always a, a pain point as well with the, with the Jest tool chain, right? So if you're using, like, TypeScript and if you're bundling with Webpack, then there's, like, ways to hook that in to Jest so that you're using, you know, TypeScript and, and Webpack to run your test that slows the test down, but then you yep. have, in theory, identical context for running your test and running the application, or you can, you know, go other ways that'll keep things faster, but then you are, are sort of in slightly different sandboxes, right? So production wouldn't match where you're running your tests identically right. because instead of Webpack, you're using ES Build or, or, you know, whatever. And yeah, that was always a pain point for me with Jest, so again, it's just like it makes so much sense for these tools to be integrated. Like at what other language other than JavaScript, if we just set JavaScript off to the side for a minute, what other language doesn't have package manager built in, doesn't have test runner built in, doesn't have I mean, if I, th- I think bundling is sort of its own thing because that's right. specific to the web and JavaScript. But like right. all these other things, it's baked in. And the only reason that it's not, I don't know, it's not the only reason that it's not baked in with Node, but like I think early on Node, they were like, "This is look, it's possible. We made it work. Hooray!" And we, yeah. and the whole like ecosystem is evolving now from like, "Look what we've managed to scrabble together," to like something with a- actual sophistication and intentional design, and you know, trying to gain those benefits of doing it the same way, like right? run your tests the same way that you. Build the bundles the same way that you run the the code locally, right? Like all the same vertical stack it just makes so much sense. So I'm, I'm let's let's call it. I'm optimistic about Bun, right? Like I'm I'm hoping that it. I'm I'm sure that there's some growing pains, right? there 1.0. I'm sure they have a lot of attention, a lot of issues to deal with. I did file an issue on their GitHub repository for the thing in my bundle that wasn't working.
1: Yeah, no response dead, dead. yet,
0: but you know it's only been a couple of days.
1: Yes. And they've only been out a couple of days, right? Yeah. So, I mean, like, and I'm glad that you're using it. You're taking the time to file those so they can get things resolved. because that's what's great about community
0: support. For sure. So...
1: Oh, I was going to say, you said you already kind of uh, jumped in and was like, well, I'm just going to add this to a branch and see if it works. But when you are thinking of adding stuff like this to your project, like, what are your thoughts? Like, how do you guys do that process of being like, okay, now's the time I want to do it. Is it just because, oh man, Adam's a fanboy, So Adam's going to do it today. Or is it, you actually look at, okay, here's how I think that it can improve our application and improve the process?
0: That is a really good question. And the answer is it depends. So, <laughs> you know, like with Bun initially, it's for me, I guess it kind of depends on a couple of things. So if it can be just a drop-in replacement, like if I can just say like, you know, Here's how you install Bun it's a curl command for your your system and then it's it's installed and you just change from simple and yeah. right, instead of npm ci you're doing bun install and that, that installs your stuff and and then other than that, other than that you would do like npm if previously you would do npm run build then now you do bun run build right like yeah just replace that thing and if it would be that simple for my entire team to to make the switch then I'll just see if I can court kind of, what's the the word for a, like a startup? Oh, stealth mode, right? I'll go stealth mode. I'll spend an hour or two on it, see if I can make it work. And, and if I can, then I'll be like, hey, look, guys, here's a thing. And it, it, that's what I did with ES build. I was like, here's the thing. You absolutely nothing changes for you, except that the builds are faster now. Right? Like I Great. set it up so that, yeah, I was like, it, it, all <laughs> the exact same commands are still NPM install, still whatever, but then the builds use a different tool to build and they, they come out faster and there's they still work the same. And that was well received and and that's fine and that's kind of what I was trying to do with bun until I ran into issues and so kind of Problems, had to set it yeah. aside. I've got my branch and and you know if you know if they do like a 1.1 or if they reply to my my issue or whatever or if I just decide to try it later and everything's fixed then then good you know I can try to pick up where my branch left off.
1: Nice. So it sounds like you take the initiative to go ahead and get it working. So that there's little like sacrifice from the team to make adjustments and to have to learn as much like in the startup phase of it.
0: Yeah, it it's there's so many different like touch points, right? Like so with Bun, not only did my own excitement, you know, inspire me to spend some time trying it, I did also mention it to a couple of my coworkers. We have this one ancient JavaScript project. It's a React app. It's built into our CFML monolith. It's just this like tiny little standalone app within our app. It's the image library, right? So you can go in there and you can view our existing images from S3 and you can add new ones. And it still works, but we can't compile (laughs) it. You know, the, the right. tool chain has just rotted. You know, it got yeah. left neglected for so long that we we cannot make changes. We cannot recompile it. We can't, it's just, it's there. It's and yeah. hopefully nobody needs to touch it because yeah. <laughs> nothing's yeah. changing. And so, I you know, I mentioned this to one of my coworkers and he's like, oh, I wonder if it can recompile the image library. So, you know, we tried Ooh. that and yeah. it cannot.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: that thing is just too, too, too far gone, you know? Ugh. Instead of being mostly every- dead, it's completely dead.
1: I think so a lot of what I've touched and a lot of what I've worked on have parts like that. Like we've had applications that are just pretty much dead. But I mean, I've definitely worked in several projects where there were pieces you knew it was very fragile or it was completely outdated and it would remain outdated Nobody saw it enough to know that there was something that was not quite right, but you left it alone. And you knew going forward, it would either redo or just move around it. And mm-hmm. those things tend to sit isolated.
0: Right. So that's, yeah. that's kind of how I think about something that would be mostly a drop in replacement for the team. Okay. And sort of the other side of that coin is like, okay, if this is something that I'm interested in and I think could potentially be good for my team. But let's just like, so let's just use Svelte as an example, right? So I'm interested in Svelte personally. I think that it might be a good way for my team to, or a good direction for my team to move in. And so what I, what I did ultimately do with them was, you I know, sent them, Svelte has a really good interactive tutorial for like, this is how you learn the language. And it kind of walks you through with different, nice. it, it's got a built-in online REPL, R-E-P-L, read, evaluate, print. Which is, if you just type node into your command line with no arguments after it and you start it, that's what, that's what that is. It's a REPL, right? It starts it up and it's okay. Write some JavaScript code. And, and it so you type in code, it evaluates it, prints the result, and then waits for you to type in more code, right? That's what a REPL is. The Svelte REPL is in the browser. It's kind of like a code sandbox or whatever, right? Yeah. You type in yeah. code and it and evaluates it online. But they, they built that REPL into their tutorial so you've, you've got the Ooh. tutorial on one side of the screen and it's like explaining stuff to you but then there's the code right there built into the thing and you can mess with it you can see what it's doing and it's, it gives you a prompt like here's a here's an app in a, in a start state and the the prompt explains you know what you need to learn to figure out how to get it into the finish state and then you know you do it there live to to learn it instead of just reading which is a pretty good thing. So I sent that to my team and I was like, here, you know, when you have some time, check this out. I'm interested in this. Do you think that you would be interested or willing to learn this? And they were, They, you know, they, they liked it better than React. You know, we, we've gotten to the point as a team where we are competent with React, but we don't get to live in React all day, every day. And so yeah. as a result, it's very fatiguing to work on. You know, we, it's impossible to stay up to date with it. They're, they're changing React itself too frequently for us. And then the the meta frameworks, things like Next.js that we try to use to encompass some of that complexity or abstract it away from our, ourselves. It works, but then those frameworks themselves move too fast, right? I feel like there's a new yeah. version of Next.js like twice a year. That's, that's just, you know, what it feels like to me. It's probably more like every, <laughs> once every three-quarter year or something like that. But still... uh, But that's
1: that's still a learning curve that you have to to take into account when you're on a small team and you're all having to relearn things.
0: Right. And we have, you know, we don't just have one app. We have probably a collection of like 20 apps that together make up our product. Right. And so we've got like the image library thing. Right. That's a good example of like it worked. And so there was no need to go touch it for years and years and years and years. And now we try to go back and it's like, sorry, you're SOL. You're on, you want what? You want webpack version one dot what? (laughs) 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 Yeah. And all the, you know, just stuff stops working together when it's that old. So you kind of have to keep it up to date. And so that's something that goes into my decision about like what I'm going to bring to the team and when I'm going to bring it in and how I'm going to bring it in. So for me, Kind of continuing on the thread of like, okay, if, if I want to bring in Svelte and make that sort of like a couple of episodes back, we were talking about how I would like to strangle a pattern. I don't, I guess that you weren't on that episode. I'm sorry, Carol, but I don't know if you listened <laughs> to the episodes. The we talked about using the strangler pattern to sort of replatform, right?
1: Oh, to, I think I was on this one.
0: Were you okay?
1: Maybe, or we've talked about it on that. We have talked
0: about it in maybe. the past, but this is like just okay. within the last couple of weeks. I don't think. Okay, then
1: maybe not. Yeah, I wasn't on yeah.
0: that one then. Okay. Um, the but the in order to do that, to use a strangler pattern to sort of spin something up parallel to our existing application, and then like port over one module at a time or one screen at a time, whatever yes. it's going to be. Yeah. Before you can even take on that first bite of like, okay, I'm going to replace this screen, you kind of have to have some stuff figured out, right? You have to have the the baseline application on its feet. You have to have, like, how are we going to do session management and share sessions between the app we're replacing and the app that's doing the replacing and, and all that stuff. You have to figure all these things out. And, and you also want to, especially when we're doing this whole, like, replatforming, it's, like, not only are we moving from CFML to a JavaScript thing, but, like, it's, it's an opportunity to try and get everybody on the same page a little bit better. Like, I feel like my right. team, we're all... We all developed the same style of writing our CFML code. And if we were to just be like, okay, it's a Wild West. Everybody go write Svelte code. It would be wildly different between the three of us. And And good luck
1: reading that, right? Exactly.
0: (laughs) So my approach with this is going to be more like, I'm going to spend some time getting that baseline. You know, here's the application on its feet. It can run in parallel with our, our existing application, and, you know, it'll probably be like URL based, right? If there if there's a slash, you know, atom or whatever it's going to yeah. be in the URL somewhere, then it'll route over to the new application. And, and then once that is on its feet, I will probably try to find like the smallest thing that is, well, it, the best balance of something that is small and easy to rewrite, but also has a, a good opportunity to write enough code to show like, this is how we should organize it. This is how we should think about. Right how to write the code. And I want to, I want to kind of take all of that on, get that done and then take like a day or maybe two days and just like, sort of like give a, an onboarding as if they were new hires, right? Like here's the, yeah, here's yeah. the new application. Here's where you go to write your controller logic. Here's where you go to write your CSS. Here's where you go to do this. And like, and these here's are,
1: the already created like template for how, you know, yes. I think it should be working, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah. And that's the other thing too, like by, by, St- starting by taking on some sort of a module or something, you know, uh, whatever it is, if it's like, you know, four or five screens, that'll be enough to be like, okay, this is when you want to create a component that is reusable, but that's not as like broadly, you, have, you kind of have two different types of reusable components. You have like a button, which is going to be on almost every page, if not every page, <laughs> yeah. right? You need so something that's <laughs> ext- extremely reusable, uh, a little versatile in the type of things that you want to send okay. to it. And then on the other hand, you might have... You know, a user list or something, right? You're going to want that on more than one screen, but you're—it's not going to be on every screen, it's and definitely so definitely not can, going everywhere, mm-hmm. right? And and so those are kind of two different things, right? You have like core components, and then you have like a thing that I need for two or three screens that are all close together geographically yeah. in the application, and so you know, you've got to figure out like where organizationally where do those files belong? How do I reference them in the code? That sort of thing. Yep. So it's an opportunity to figure all that stuff out, and then be like, "and and this is the right way to do it, hooray!"
1: Yep, yes, you already have a good template, a good life way to go look at. Like that always makes me happy when I'm learning something new in an application. And someone's like, "Hey, we're going to introduce this." Well, it's good that you already have working code using it because it's in an application I already understand, and that mm-hmm. I understand the logic for. So now you've just taken this new way of doing something and applied it to what I already knew. So I learned it so much faster that way.
0: For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So does that answer your question?
1: (laughs) It does. It does. Do you ever, so here's one thing I do and I don't know if you ever do this. So I look at the shiny new thing and because I have ADHD, I tend to jump to every shiny new thing that comes my way and I commit about 5% to it and then I'm done. And someone else should be responsible for it at that point. So I will actually like put it on my list and then I'll wait like four or five days. And if in four or five days, I'm still like, okay, I really think this is a good idea. That's when I start pursuing it. Like I don't jump on it just the first time I read about it. I'm like, okay, I'm not just going to throw it in here. I'm going to actually sit on it, look at a post-it note for, you know, a week and make sure that throughout that week, I see the use of it and I see Mm -hmm. how helpful it can be before I actually go, okay, let's just throw it in.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a good amount of self discipline. That's
1: uh, I
0: don't know if I do it. I I certainly don't do it exactly that way. I think it ends up being very similar, right? Like I didn't. It wasn't the first time that I heard about bun that I was like, "Oh, I gotta go try this." But yeah, uh, you know, I I waited until the hype kind of pushed me over the edge, right? Yeah. Um, That reminds me, though. uh, I want to say it was, it's the band Jimmy Eat World. It might be, for all I know, it could be, you know, Foo Fighters, right? But like somebody, <laughs> I, I heard this from somebody that's in one of those like very famous bands and they say that, yeah, yes, they write new songs all the time, but they never physically write them down when they're working on new material, never write down the music, never write down tabs, never write down words, any of that, because they say, if I can't remember the song, it's not worth keeping it in our repertoire.
1: See, yes, I get that. That makes total sense to
0: me. Yeah. So we've, we've kind of been talking about side projects and stuff. I, I do have, I, I mean, I mentioned Svelte many times in terms of like, you know, what I would like to bring into the company. And I mentioned at the top of the show that I, I think I mentioned that I've been, in addition to writing this like name tag code and playing with Bun, I've also, because I'm me, got other irons <laughs> in the fire. I, you mean
1: outside of skydiving and outside of woodworking and raising some kids and dogs and yeah, you've got another thing on your plate?
0: Yeah, apparently. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's inspired by something that I need, right? So I don't really need to get into the details of everything about this particular application, but let's just say, you know, it's, it's an application, it's sort of like a, a bespoke scheduling application that that allows people that want to book a tandem skydive and the people that can provide those tandem skydives to sort of like mesh our up. calendars together yeah. and, and yeah. say, okay, this is when I'm available and, and how many people I can take on any given day. And these are the, the people that, uh, you know, they want to find the availability and sign up for a slot, right? Anyway, so that's the the impetus for the thing. And so it's an opportunity for me to learn some new technology stuff and try it out and say like, okay, is this something that I want to kind of push into the company and say like I'm not forcing you but like I would like to go down this path right here are some tools that I've been playing with on the side and I like in theory hypothetically if, I, if it goes well I've been playing with these things on the side and I like them and I think that they could do well for us here's you know the, the intro what do you think and so that's what I've been messing with on the side for them so it's a it's a kit thing and the, the thing that I'm talking about is a UI library built specifically for Svelte that uses Tailwind for styling and it's a component library it's called skeleton uh, the the website is skeleton.dev and like i said it's it's basically a set of svelte components that are built using tailwind and very specific like sort of they've done a lot of research in like what truly is the best way to build a design system that is themable and customizable and mm-hmm. overridable but at the same time very cohesive and, and, you know, like works well together and everything that I've seen about it looks amazing. So I'm super excited to like play with it and see if it lives up to the, the marketing material, right? Yeah. I, I, the little bit that I have used Tailwind, I've really enjoyed it. I feel like it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's like bumper bowling for me, right? Tailwind and Bootstrap and stuff too. Like, you know, they, if you just open the box and just use the tools that are in the box, you're going to get a decent design and then... It's going to
1: be okay. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, And then, you know, if you get really good at it and, and it goes for everything, it's, it's you know, from bootstrap to knockout, right? Like if yeah. you if you get really good at it, you can use that as your building blocks and then you can add flourishes and, and customize things to make it your own. And so you, not everybody that lands on it with any sort of background is going to go, oh, this is a bootstrap site, right? so
1: man i didn't think i would ever hear knocked out again like i haven't used that the a long time yeah yeah
0: was it that was that was the paid one right like it was a few years before bootstrap came out it was like
1: yeah you can Knock buy out.
0: our design system mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
1: yeah 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 i never used okay. it because I,
0: I never i couldn't afford it and none of the con- yeah. companies that i was working for used it so i was just <laughs> aware of it but never used it
1: yeah um so with your idea, this isn't really the tech question, it's more of the application question. So is your thought that each of the instructors would then purchase a subscription to this and then they would be able to customize their own? Or would you go to like a skydiving company, like a uh, like your skydiving school, and they would mm-hmm. be the ones that use this software?
0: So the way that I'm approaching this is more like think of it as if like your spouse needed something and you're like, oh, I can write an app that does that. You're not going to charge them for it.
1: Right. No, like no.
0: you're just going to build the thing and like, here, I made your life better. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of the where I'm coming at it from. And, and I will, if it works and we like it as a, as a team of people working together, then great. And if it starts to cost me more than a few dollars a month, then I'll be like, hi, excuse me. I've been funding this out of my own pocket. I would like, yeah, to. If you would please give me $20 a month to just continue to host this and we'll keep using it to cover my costs, that would be great. And that's fine. I'm not trying to like turn this into a product and go sell it or anything like that right now.
1: Okay. That's what I was wondering. Like, if you were thinking if this actually goes good, so you're basically going to use like your, the plate you skydive with currently, if you're going to use them as like your guinea pig to the application. And if it goes well, then you could market it to other, other, skydiving schools I don't know what they're called teams yeah people yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: whatever that's not out of the question but it is not yeah. where I'm approaching it from like I just want to build something okay. useful for now and use it as an opportunity to learn and then, yeah you know one day if it's if it becomes useful and I can figure out a way to you know turn it into a reusable product then sure yeah but, it
1: seems like a good idea for more than just skydiving, though. Like I'm thinking of, yeah, I need someone to come to my house and do plumbing. So, where's a plumber at who has availability mm-hmm. tomorrow? So, if you could throw in, yeah. you know, your hours.
0: What is that? I've never used it, but it's like somebody's list, Angie's list or Angie's,
1: something? Angie's list, yeah.
0: But that's more yeah, but about say, just like I, I vouch for this plumber, right?
1: That's, yep, that's it, right? It's not an actual scheduling of I really need someone to come to my house between the hours of noon and five and mm-hmm. who's available for it.
0: So, say. okay, yeah. Take your take your plumber example. Now imagine it's people that really enjoy doing plumbing and they do it mm-hmm. not for free, but for cost. Okay. Yeah. And in, and they're kind of volunteering their time to work with this plumbing company, mm-hmm. and the plumbing company matches them up with people who need plumbing done. But <laughs> each each plumber is like, you know, I, I'm not I'm not working all day every day Saturday and Sunday. I'm only you know okay this upcoming Saturday I'll do the afternoon, but not in the morning. Sunday yeah. I do all day. The following to exactly. work at all, right? And so yeah. that's the idea is like. Each plumber can go in and say, "Okay, this is my availability."
1: I love and then, that.
0: And then that that kind of gets aggregated, so it's like, okay, well, Adam can do some plumbing in the morning on Saturday, and uh-huh. Carol can do some plumbing in the afternoon on Sunday, and then and the just,
1: job's done. Yeah. Right,
0: well, and then that opens it up on the calendar, right? So then the person coming in, they don't know that there's nine different plumbers trying to <laughs> uh, cooperate here. They're just like, "I my sinks busted, and I want somebody yeah. to come out on Saturday morning." <laughs> So, yeah, that's that's the idea.
1: Yeah, I like that. I think it's a really cool idea. That's why when you were saying it, I was like, I feel like if this does well, it could be more than just a skydiving. This could be used in in multiple areas for people.
0: You just got to figure out, like, what is the How do you describe this in a way that makes it, you know, like not industry specific? Right? Yeah. It's like, it's availability, aggregation, and registration, <laughs> right? Like, it's
1: it's like match.com, but not for relationships. <laughs>
0: <laughs> match.com for plumbers and people with broken sinks.
1: Yeah. Or Power That's Rangers funny. down the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. The things kids will flush.
0: <laughs> uh, 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 speaking of kids putting things in places that they shouldn't go, at my last house, I'm pretty sure... <laughs> In the HVAC, there are still children's toys. So, you know, the more modern housing, instead of the the vents for the the air conditioning and heating being like on the wall, that's what I remember mm-hmm. from growing up, they're built into the floor, right? So you've got the carpet right. on the floor and then there's just like metal grate
1: across oh, the top Oh, yeah, there. yeah.
0: And, and you can just like pick up the metal grate and move it. There's, it's not screwed down or anything. And my toddlers would figure that out and be uh-huh. Like oh look uh, it's a place that I can put things and they disappear uh-huh. right so oh, they drop man. in all these little toys and uh, you know you try to teach them not to do that whatever but you know I got at one point I was up like to my shoulder with my arm down in the floor <laughs> you know it goes around a corner there and I'm like pulling out you know Power Rangers and little pieces of like toy food and yep. know, all this other stuff like
1: or pennies
0: <laughs> yeah yeah coins yep yep
1: oh yeah kids are fun they're so much fun. But yeah, I think, you're, will they leave you? And then they become not so fun anymore. <laughs> well,
0: then they yeah. got to come visit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, my boys are coming out for Christmas. So that'll be the first time I'm going to see them for several months. It's going to be different. Well,
0: a, that'll be a nice Christmas present.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're excited for that. But yeah, uh, I really think your side project sounds cool. And I hope you enjoy learning. You said skeleton, right? Yeah. And, yeah, that sounds cool. I had to pulled it up and I'm gonna walk the demo because I really want to kind of see their learning stuff on the side, see what it mm-hmm. looks like to understand it better.
0: Right. Okay, well then that's gonna do it for us. So this episode of Working Co is brought to you by Your Stuff. You <laughs> you love to have it until it's gone and then you have to wait another 18 days to get it. So don't take it for, for granted. Thank you. thank your stuff for being yours. And listeners like you. If you're enjoying the show and you want to make sure that we can keep putting more of whatever this is out into the universe, then you should consider supporting us on Patreon. Our patrons cover our recording and editing costs, and we couldn't do this every week without them. Special thanks to our top patrons, Monty and Gene Carlo. Carol and I are going to stick around and do some sort of an after show. We don't even know yet what we're going to talk about, but we'll figure it out. It's Uh, a
1: surprise. And
0: and if you want to find out what that is, you're going to have to become a patron. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash Working code pod. We even now added a, a free trial. I believe you get four weeks for free. And then from there, if you want to keep listening to our babbling after the outro plays, then you're going to have to <laughs> pony up a whole $4 a month. Um, but you know what? I'm super grateful for all of our patrons. It's something that we've been wanting for years and years. Gosh, has it really been more than more? than? It two? has
1: been. It's been more than really? two years officially. Yeah. I mean,
0: I guess a hundred and whatever shows, one a week. Yeah, two years and change. Anyway, so for multiple years now we have wanted transcripts and only recently we started adding them. So thank that you that guys. Is only possible thanks to the support of our patrons. And so if you want to continue the the show growing and evolving and getting better for everybody involved, we would really appreciate your support. That's gonna do it for us this week. We'll catch you next week. And until then.
1: Your heart matters, guys. Even to the ones of you who write image libraries and never maintain them and now you can't touch them.
0: Dead code on the vine.
1: (laughs) You've been listening to Working Code with your hosts, Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. We'll catch you on the next episode of Working Code.